All right, we are live, episode 84. Had to check that one out. 84, we've got Silencia Cox, Mother Love. We have Sean Sprower, Deliver. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Mark. It's my pleasure. Uh, we are uh, on location here, Huntington Beach, as you can see. A little bit different than that uh, backdrop, than the... Uh, $18 uh, Amazon picture I have behind me at this office. So we're better here. Silencia, let's get right into it. This is a unique one. We're talking creams. Give us the story. When did it start? What's it all about? All right. So it started with my mother and she was pregnant with me to help make products, organic, natural products for her own pregnancy and breastfeeding. And ever since then, that's been our focus. So it's all herbal based. And it's more than just creams, but it, our nipple cream is our best-selling product. Um, we have balms, creams, supplements, um, kind of the gamut of natural and organic products, but specifically for pregnancy and breastfeeding. I was going to let you say it, even though people know me, I got, I got no shame. I'm, I'd come out and say it, okay? <clears throat> Sean, just, okay. Um, when did when did mom start this? This was how long ago again? She started it when she was pregnant with me. So a while ago. A while ago. I, I love that. <laughs> this has got to be one of the this is one of the fewer though of the episodes that this has been around some time. So that's a really great opportunity for us to dive deeper. Um, how did the business start? Uh, how did she start it as far as distribution? What did it look like then? So she really started it out of a hobby and a passion project. She's an herbalist and she was pregnant. So she was making products for herself out of things that grew in her garden. Um, it didn't really start um, until maybe four or five years later when she started doing um, medicinal edible plant walks for our local community. And one of the attendees was somebody who owned the local food co-op. And he really loved the products that she was making and asked if she would sell them there. So she hand wrote labels and ended up distributing them through a couple uh, local suppliers, farmers markets, et cetera. Um, and then it wasn't until 1992, um, we were picked up by a little store in Austin, Texas called Whole Foods. And they, as the natural and organic industry started to grow and explode and their distribution grew, um, we were already making organic and natural products from the beginning. So, uh, you know, just kind of grew with the natural food movement. Isn't it, uh, isn't it uh, a coincidence how nothing changes though? Uh, she was making it for herself, right? Which mm -hmm. is oftentimes what we do when we start a business, we're trying to solve a problem. Oftentimes it's our own, right? Um, and so fast forward a little bit, we're going to stay in the 90s, the 90s, folks. There's people in here who weren't even born in the 90s. Um, and uh, <laughs> we're going to talk about one little store called Whole Foods. I'd like to then jump ahead maybe like 10 years so that we can move it forward. Give us like early 2000s, what did the business look like then? So by that time, we were uh, well distributed through natural um and organic grocery markets like the whole foods types, the sprouts, the vitamin cottage, the fresh times of the world. And um, the primary format that we used was a tincture. 
So a tincture is a liquid extract of an herb and it's a very potent way of taking herbs. Um, and so what we were finding is that people were having a really hard time with the taste. If anybody's ever taken a tincture, you know it's just the most intense flavor. Um, but we found a way to encapsulate a tincture inside of a vegetarian capsule. So rather than taking dried herb capsule or compressed tablet, we introduced to the market liquid capsules. And there's very few companies that are able to encapsulate a liquid. Um, by encapsulating the liquid, we maintain the potency of a tincture without the bad taste. So once we were able to create a format that was um, more widely accepted, that's really when we began to see more distribution and we really saw a lot of traction take place. So in the early 2000s, we were working on this encapsulation process and we were distributing still through natural, but more maternity stores were coming online, more um, independent retailers that were in the mom and baby space, not maybe so focused on natural, but really cared about women's health and mom and baby. Um, so then we started exploring those options. And then it really wasn't until maybe 2013 or 14 that we started to be approached by the mass market, um, Walgreens, Target, et cetera. Um, and that people in the mainstream are looking for organic and natural solutions rather than just the things that had been offered historically. So let me, let me stop you there because we're gonna, uh, we're gonna move yeah. too fast. Okay, sorry. Um, I want, cause I wanna go back to the important pieces which is innovation. And, mm -hmm. and people who are out there, it's like as though people, we use that term so much. I jokingly make fun of it a, a bit, and I'm sorry, I do it a lot. Um, innovation gets thrown out now. Uh, because you've lived it, right? You, you grew up in a, in a house that lived a, a brand being built. I think you have a lot more feedback as to what you've seen in CPG, right? Many of us, even me, I, I admittingly, I've only been in this for, for what, four years, right? I've done other things, but like specifically food and beverage and things that are well connected to it, this being one, everybody uses innovation. You, you, you'd be making a, you, you made a new uh, a hard seltzer and you've innovated something, right? It's, it's sure. kind of funny. It's kind of funny. Uh, sorry. Sure. Um, sorry if you, you yeah. um Innovation to me is that you're you are first to market, you're solving a problem, you're actually doing it, you're realizing like this doesn't work, that you know, you're using a dropper, then you're encapsulating and you're first. I call that first, right? Even if you're second or third, you're still new to the game. What do you think was the what do you think was inside? I guess it was still your mom and maybe some team members at that point. What do you think was helpful to them at the time? since you, you had to have seen it or at least been through it, that was helping them along the way as far as creating that newer product that was innovative at the time. Yeah, I think one of the things that's unique about Mother Love or one of the things, maybe not unique, but special is that we have those deep roots. And many of our products are the same formulas that my mother started in her kitchen. I mean, they're tried and true and we haven't innovated or changed those because they are, I mean, we worked on the perfect formula and it's tried and true and we want to keep it that way. So we, there's a part of it of staying true to your roots and delivering on something that works. 
Um, and then the other part of it, which pushed us into the encapsulation process is what was the barrier of entry for our mom? She goes, I, I love your product, but I just, it tastes so terrible. Um, we really started working closely with lactation consultants, midwives, healthcare professionals, because a mother is pregnant for nine months and then she breastfeeds for a year or two. Maybe she does that a couple of times throughout her um, life. Our consumers constantly turning over because of the life, the life cycle and the demographic that we're focused on. It's just mom and baby. We don't make something for everybody. We just have a very short window. So we have to constantly appeal to a new consumer. The lactation consultant or the midwife says, oh, you know what you need? You need to go try mother love. So we went to them and said, what, what can we do to be better? What are you seeing as your um, problems out there? What do moms need? And we actually use them to help us um, formulate eight different um, supplements to help increase breast milk supply, not just one. So we have different things for different women and listening to healthcare professionals really helped push us into finding a solution, removing the barriers, making it easy to say yes. I, to I, problem. I like a lot of the pieces I could pull out like five or six, but one of them was not, you know, you're kind of still using the same things you were before. And those that what's nice about your category, but you can totally correct me if I'm wrong is it is generational. The mom who used it now has a daughter who's probably going to use it, right? Because you've got two generations in there, Lisa, right? right? We're proving that. Yep. I love that part of the story. And again, it's not one that I get to talk about too often on this show. So, you know, I'm kind of like, I, I like it. I, I like this discussion. The other pieces, again, was going back to you're not you're not innovating, you, you know, you, you, there's not too much innovation that needs to happen because you're using ingredients that are from the earth, right? Mm -hmm. What else do you really need to do? Uh, you know, I don't want to divert here and go like, well, you need to make it now, you need to make it in a lab. He says, you see some of these companies. Yeah. Uh, anyway, um, <laughs> uh, I'm going to get just weird on this one. Um, I would say also uh, as far as legacy and like, it's kind of like a legacy brand. It's like the Kellogg's of, um, uh, people know I'm a big Tony the Tiger fan, sorry. Um, uh, uh, no sugar though, don't, don't, don't eat so much sugar. Um, it, legacy brand of, of the category. And I think there's a lot to be said about that, but because we keep this short, I want to move into some really important stuff. How do you transition a, a longstanding brand like that, right? one that has so many feels to it because it's your, it was your mom's, right? Like she's like, you, it's, it's your baby now, no pun intended. Um, how do you transition into the now of business? We'll get to deliver later, right? We talk about direct to consumer because you could have all this distribution because you've been in market for so long. What were the first few things you did to transition into direct to consumer that you needed to learn? Maybe give us like two or three quick ones. Sure, I, like I said, our demographic turns over every year. Um, we're always having to appeal to a new mother. So we're constantly having to continue those conversations. It's not a shampoo, you buy it and use it for the rest of your life. You're, there's brand loyalty, but it's a short lifespan. So with direct to consumer, I mean, honestly, lactation consultants have been a big key to it because they see clients 
hundreds of them a year and are our recommenders. They recommend, so having influence from your doctor or healthcare professional is huge. Um, we did a massive and still do massive sampling program through hospitals. So when a woman gives birth in a hospital, she goes home with samples of our product and goes, oh, great, I can get this. So she has an immediate interaction and it's coming from a trusted individual like her doctor or her hospital. Um, and then continuing the direct to consumer conversation um, through social media. Uh, we have a lot of, we focus a lot on education, um, breastfeeding support, uh, different types of education to help support the mom through her journey because our products may solve some issues and maybe the solution she's looking for, but it takes a village. So providing education and really supporting motherhood, not just product sales, has made us a um, trusted brand within, you know, this one particular demographic. Here, here, here's a good one for, for, for people about market fit and finding your consumer. This is one that's unique about this brand and, and products. They know who their market is. They know who their demographic is. That is hard oftentimes in CPG. And even for us, again, you could be in snacks or foods or beverages, you, you think you know who it is. And you sometimes often will push against what the, what the data is telling you, right? Like, no, it's a male between 25 and 45 who is into health, right? And then you're like, no, but it's not. I thought it was gonna be, in your particular case, what's so beautiful is you know exactly who at least the lowest hanging fruit is, right? Which is super helpful in direct to consumer and including trial, trial folks. What she's talking about is when she's at the hospitals, it's like, how do you get the product in the hand of the consumer? The one that is the buyer of your product, the most inexpensive way possible in hopes that you turn them into a buying customer. So just take that somehow and recognize that this is a, it's an anomaly. Sometimes I use these really big words. I'll look that one up later. Um, give us now, let's in closing, where do you want to see mother love in 12 months? Let's say it's, it's April right now. Uh, how about April 22? What does the business look like in short? It looks very much the same as it does now. I mean, we've been a family run business. Um, our, business model has been slow and steady and continue to stay true to our roots, true to our core, true to our ethics, doing something that's good for the planet and good for people, making sure that it's organic, making sure that it's um, safe. I mean, we just kind of one foot in front of the other, step after step, do the right thing for the right reasons. So continuing to serve our core demographic is really what we're here for. We're not here to be the biggest company on earth. We're not here to be the most flashy or the most innovative. Like we have something that's tried and true and we want to keep sharing that with the next generation of moms. I love all of that. I love all of that. Uh, thank you, Silencia. Uh, Sean, deliver. I know deliver. Here's a, here's a plug. We moved our stuff there. We're early phases. I've had some people reach out. Hey, I need info. What would it? And I give them that because I, I I like to give. I'm a giver. Okay. Uh, as I say, give me give me 45 days. Right. Then I have feedback for you. I have the ins outs and everything else. Sean, 
tell us about Deliver. Yeah, so thanks, uh, thanks for the stage, Mark. I appreciate it. And Silencia, it was awesome hearing that story. Pretty cool. Um, so you had a high level, high, high level. We are a D2C fulfillment company um, that uses an asset light model of warehouses and carriers to empower our merchants and brands with fast delivery at very low rates. So we offer two-day and even next-day delivery at very affordable costs that you wouldn't really be able to achieve outside of a fulfillment company like Deliver. So our business model, I like to think of, is kind of centered around three main principles. Uh, number one is our clear and simple pricing model. So there's only two parts to our cost structure. It's fulfillment and storage. Our fulfillment fees are all-inclusive and they're fixed. So we don't do any zone-by-zone zone pricing. We're going to distribute your inventory within our network. So we're able to offer you fixed rates. And again, they're all-inclusive. So pick, pack, order handling, um, any packaging material, and the shipping costs all bundled into one rate. And then our storage is going to be prorated. So you're only paying for daily storage that you're actually taking up in our warehouse space on a, a, a daily basis. Um, number two, fast fulfillment. We are big, big believers that speed of delivery matters. Um, speed of delivery can be a big revenue driver. So that is a probably top two piece in terms of what we do in our bread and butter is with our asset light model, we're able to distribute your inventory to at least four warehouses around the country. If we really want to give you the ability to offer two day and one day delivery and even same day delivery here in the near future, we need to distribute your inventory to probably six to 10 different warehouses around the country. Mm -hmm. The main goal here is to get your inventory as close to the consumer as possible. If we're able to get your inventory, let's say within a hundred miles on average. So right now I think we're able to get your inventory within a hundred miles of 50% of the U S population. If we're able to do that, we're still able to offer two day and one day delivery and still not charge you a fortune to do so. And the third part of our model here is going to be prime like badging. Um, Mark, as you know, selling on Amazon, Amazon, the prime badge is huge. Um, I think it's kind of trained the entire country to expect free and fast delivery. Yeah. I know when I buy on Amazon, I'm only looking at the prime badge. Occasionally I go to the other products that don't have the prime, but prime is what I'm looking for. I want free and fast delivery. So on the marketplace side, we're able to push free two-day delivery to marketplaces such like Walmart or fast and free guaranteed to eBay, still at very, very affordable rates. And on the website side, which is my bread and butter, this is the part of the uh, company that I focus on, is actually providing prime-like badging for your websites. So giving you the ability to have a free two-day, free one-day badge at very affordable rates. And then we also plug into Facebook and Instagram and Google so that way you could actually push this badging to your ad campaigns, effectively advertise free one day, free two day delivery to the right zip codes. And then with Google, actually push a free one day, free two day badge to your Google PLAs. What does this all do? This increases conversions, drives more traffic to your website um, and really lowers the cost that acquires, uh, takes to acquire a purchase. So on average, our customers, our merchants, typically see about a 50% reduction in CPA cost, cost per acquisition. Um, once they use our badging on their website and across their advertising campaigns as well. So to summarize, and thanks for the time again, Mark, um, you know, you can invest in your own warehouse network. You could pour capital into finding eight to 10 different warehouses to get as close to your customer as possible. 
or you could partner someone like Deliver, who's already kind of laid that groundwork, has the infrastructure in place, and is continuously coming up with new ideas to help our customers grow. So that's that's kind of a, the summary there. Thanks for that, Sean. Yeah. It's a good one. Um, it's a good one. Uh, in, folks, how do you think, uh, how do you think, uh, Amazon does get you the product at a specific speed and like it's because of the warehousing it's location uh, they solved that problem and there are opportunities now for your direct-to-consumer business outside of Amazon um, to be able to to duplicate that model and it will only get better the delivers of the world um, will continue to look at the opportunities and see how they can evolve even faster same day and the like so Good stuff, Sean. Um, good stuff, Silencia. Uh, you can see I'm in, uh, like I said, the kids, only one of the two was listening when I said, hey, you know, but that's okay because I'm a glass half full type of person. So that's a win in the books. Everybody, peace. Great job. Thanks so much.